The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link here alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. We have a special guest on the program today. Very talented actor, a dynasty contributor contributor to the site now. Ian Kahn. Ian, how are you doing today? I'm great, my friends. I'm really excited and uh, excited to be with you guys on a Wednesday. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. We're going to be recapping the Towers head-to-head, which... Took place, the auction did, in the fishbowl at SiriusXM Studios a little over a week ago, but glad to finally get a chance to recap that with you. But first, huge prospect news coming down yesterday. Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, starting the season with the big league team. I've been cynical throughout the, the winter and the spring about teams doing this, but we're seeing it with Paddock as well on the same team, Pete Alonzo, but focusing... Uh, specifically on Tatis Jr., James. 
you know, what are your expectations? And do you think that, you know, a guy like Tatis will have a pretty smooth uh, debut in, in 2019? Well, I was pretty low on Tatis for 2019 just because I thought the bat needed at least a couple months of refinement at AAA. But, you know, I get the argument that he makes them better right now just because he's easily their best defender at shortstop. Um, but, you know, my pessimism was all rooted in the fact that I thought he was going to hit for a pretty low average even when he came up. I think he's just going to hit for a pretty low average all season. But the fact that he's going to be up all season, I think he probably goes twenty twenty if he stays healthy. That's pretty nice. You know, uh, healthy debate on Twitter kind of turned unhealthy at some point. But that's all right. I think – you know, I think you're dead on with the average. You, th- you think it's like, you know, the power speed's going to be there, but you think the average is like 220-ish, 230? Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it being anywhere from like 200 to 250. Uh, okay. And I think 225 to me kind of makes sense. I think he, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to hit very high in the order at all this year. So I don't think there's going to be 80-plus runs or 80-plus RBI, but – uh, I mean, the speed he has legitimately uh, gotten faster over the past uh, year, year and a half. So I think he should be able to steal 20-plus bases pretty easily uh, from towards the bottom of that lineup. And then, uh, yeah, the power obviously was on display in spring training. That, that's that got a pretty wide range, I think. I mean, I, he's got enough raw power to hit you know 30 bombs. I just think once the book gets out on him, you know, throw him off-speed stuff away, and, and I think he's going to get out quite a bit. Nice. I think he'll be hitting ahead of Margot, at least. So, Well, Margot, Margot might start on the bench. So, Well, it sounds like they're really they, – they really did go into spring with the intent to make Will Myers the center fielder, but now it seems like he was so bad there throughout the spring that they can't really go through with that plan. So maybe Margot does play more than – it was looking like earlier in the spring, but uh, Ian, I got Tatis Jr. with a reserve pick. Do you want to trade for him? In <laughs> uh, yeah, I do have Greg Bird, which would fit in quite nicely with your um, Voight. You're going to come and meet Greg Bird for Tatis? Come well, Clay, man, Clay I, hates I, I, Greg Bird. I do hate <laughs> Greg Bird. I do have him in labor, though, so I, I actually breathing a sigh of relief just not having to plunge into the AL only waiver wire uh, free agent list to find a replacement to start the year. But Ian, it was fun sitting next to you and drafting auctioning alongside you in this uh, head to head tout wars league, your first year in tout wars. Um, and I, I do want to kind of lay out the scoring system in a minute here, but just generally what, what kind of approach did you have going into this? Well, you know, I, I know with the change in the point system that they had from last year to this year, there was going to be a, a shift in the value of um, hitters and pitchers because last year uh, they had such a extreme value for pitchers that they really kind of went the other way with it and made hitters that much more valuable uh, coming into the season. Uh, and so, you know, I spoke with my our friend Justin Mason who had played in this before and he had recommended, he said, just go, you know, 90-10 all hitters. But that didn't feel like a, a comfortable way for me to build the team that I wanted to build. So what I ended up doing was I, I tend to, to focus on pitching a little bit more in auctions because there there seems to be good values there. But so this time I, I ended up going uh, I think more was like sixty five thirty five on the hitting side. It was somewhere in that area. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah, that was I think my, almost my exact split as well. Uh, but just to recap and to run down this 
this uh, points format, the scoring system. Five points for a win, three for a quality start, five for a save, one for a strikeout. Uh, out point three three, so one inning is one point. That's the big change. Yeah. Uh, last year, every out was worth a point, so kind of reducing the innings count or the points for an inning by a, a, a two-thirds, really pushing down pitching relative to what it was. Loss minus five, blown save minus two. Every hit minus a point, every walk minus a point, every earned run minus a point. On the hitting side, a run was worth one. A single one, double two, triple three, home run four, RBI one, walk one, stolen base two, cost stealing negative one, a K minus 0.5 for a hitter. So when I plug these into the RotoWire draft software, the the numbers that were spit out based on Jeff's, Jeff's projections were really similar to what you see just in a five by five league with on base percentage used, with a slight decrease in the the value of stolen bases because. Stolen base is only really worth two. One stolen base worth two walks, so you don't need speed in a league like this. Yeah, and that was. I mean, we saw that with uh, Mondesi, who I think ended up going for like nine dollars. And I remember at one point, um, Andrea Lamont had uh, Javier Baez going, and and she no one was bidding, and she's like, "Excuse me, did Javier Baez break his shoulder today? Like, <laughs> did something happen that I'm not aware of?" Um, and, but it's just, it, it's a, it's a slightly different. I also use the RotoWire draft software, um, and Jeff's projections, which were really excellent. It was an excellent, uh, the draft software is an excellent perk of being a RotoWire subscriber and, uh, made, made the auction experience that much easier in all of my auctions. So Ian, what was your sort of overall, like, did you have, were you just kind of going off the software and looking for values? Were there certain players that you expected to end up with heading into the auction? Like what was your plan and then how, how well do you think you executed your plan? Well, you know, I have my guys that I like, um, but my, my main goal in a 12 team league was to make sure that I got at least got, got a first rounder. So to spend enough money on one of the players where, uh, and I ended up getting Yelich for $38 um, I think Trout was 50, 57. Is that right, Clay? Um, I have the board open here. Yeah, let me look here. That yeah, sounds 57. Right. Yep. Trout. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, getting – I wanted to make sure that I had one super solid first rounder that was locked in there. Um, and then get an, uh, similarly a second rounder, um, which I spent $29 on Kluber, which is pretty much – was a fair price. I'm not the I'm not the hugest fan of Kluber, but I missed out on Sale, who James and I have in RDI and who I have pretty much everywhere. Um, and once I missed out on Sale and Scherzer, um, Kluber 29 felt like a, a pretty good price. But after that, uh, I grabbed Sanchez for 21, and then I really and and I also got Kershaw for 13, which felt like a strong risk to take at the time, the right kind of risk to take. You had just pitched 31. Pitches in the bullpen at full power, full strength, and I was like, "Look, if he comes back and gives gives 150 innings, even if they're not Kershaw innings, for thirteen dollars, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with that value." But then what I did was I really sat back and waited, and I waited for a lot of money to go off the table, not to play an end game, but to play like a two thirds end game. So some of the you know the guys that I got are kind of I was only looking for value in every spot. So and I ended up getting a lot of players that I'm really high on, and it 
really good prices that I'm pretty comfortable with. I mean, of course, there was the the clay link steal of David Price at the last second, which which will haunt me if if Price is as good as I think he was going to be this year. Um, but it's other than that, terrible the spring, but yeah, but that's much. Yeah, that that really doesn't mean that much. But yeah. Um, yeah. otherwise, I kind of fell. You know, it's everyone feels great with their with their auction or their draft right when you're done. Um, because you get the guys that you want to get, but I, I pretty much did what I wanted to do, and I was really happy with it. Yeah, I know. I hear you. It's hard to come out of a twelve-teamer feeling bad, bad about your team, but um, yeah, I think we were both kind of over the moon with how things went for us. You, you said that you were just kind of had a value-based approach, didn't really weren't really handcuffed to anybody. But did you kind of plan going in to spend up at catcher? Because that's something you did in Gary Sanchez and Molina. Did you plan to maybe try to get an edge at that position? Yes. And and honestly, catchers is – James and I argue over this all the time because, uh, James, if I'm right, you're not – you know, catchers are a pain in the butt. Um, but to me, catchers can be a real difference maker. And to ha- if Sanchez has anywhere close to his 2017 or 2016 season, it's going to be a huge, huge value for the team. And um, I getting him at $21 and Molina at $7 – like just a really good base uh, in those two positions. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not. Uh, I think there are good catchers. I they're, they're they're guys that I would like to roster. I just I feel like I'm always just not willing to go as high as someone in the room is willing to go on, like Sanchez or Rio Muto. I'd you know I'd, I'd rather get. Like I got Danny Jansen and Williams a studio in the main event last night. So like I, it's not like I was going you know absolute bottom of the barrel there but uh you know i think the prices you got on sanchez and molina just if you kind of add it up and think of it as 28 bucks for the two of them i think that that that's definitely a, a nice nice way to attack that position yeah so ian looking at your team you know we, we were kind of fighting on certain players but i didn't fight you a ton on guys like doll and mazara um but Nimmo is a guy that I was just not really in on at all. This is, again, it kind of skews more towards OBP, but we're talking 5 by 5 standard with that batting average. Are you still in on Nimmo in, in those formats? No, but in this format, I also I just love the kid. I love when he walks when he runs to first base. Like I know that's kind of silly, but he, he really he takes great pride in walking, and that's a good point to have. And he'll, you know, I think he's going to bat in a pretty good spot in the order. And I, I think there's real upside there. I wasn't going to go crazy on him, so getting him at seven bucks was just about just about right, you know. And I felt like the outfield came together with Hanniger at fifteen dollars, um, Fam at fourteen, Dahl at fourteen, and Mazzara at nine. With Yelich, I was like, all right, I got a super solid outfield that I can really feel good about. Um, and and that's why I see that was the style I took, and I think you did you did a similar. You made a similar choice. Instead of going 90-10 and sort of like I'm going to win hitting every week, like in a 12-team league, it's like there are enough good players out there that you can spread the wealth. And in the process of spreading the wealth, get get a chance to win all six points every week. Yeah, absolutely. Corey Knable at nine is really – that sets me back. But getting Hicks at six, I'm happy with. Uh, Yates at 13, I'm pumped with. On the, on the closer side, you got Jose LeClerc, Daniel Robertson – are those two guys you're ending up with a lot, or you just felt the price David, was right in this room? Yeah, David Robertson for six bucks is, was just the right price at the right time. Um, you know, some of the other closers were going in the 30s, and to me, um, bless you, 
to me, LeClerc is a top 10 closer. And so to be able to swing him for $11 uh, felt like just a, a remarkably good price. And I was waiting and I was waiting. I didn't want to spend too much. But closers do have a tremendous amount of value. If you look at what Ryan Bloomfield did in the league, I mean, he spent most of his money on closers um, on, on the pitching side because the point system does reward you for that in a way. But you need 950 innings. And I'd, I'd kind of look at, his, look at his team and worry about that for him. Like, yeah. He's got Musgrove and, I mean, Alex Wood, Bundy. He's going to need to be funneling in starting pitchers pretty regularly. And the other thing about this setup is if you get a bad start out of a guy, it's really going to cost you. Like you're, you're not going to – you could walk away with minus 20 points with a really bad start. And it'll really, it'll really screw you. Not just on the pitching side, which you'll probably lose, but you could end up losing the overall every week as well because uh, that's how it's, it's broken up. But there, there really is a lot more value in the hitting side. Um, the, the point value is skewed, but the pitching will matter and it's going to matter every single week. I mean, looking at your, you, you made a strong staff. I mean, Snell at $24 was a, was an absolute steal to me. And Berrios at 15 is ridiculous. Eduardo Rodriguez at seven and, you know, German Marquez is for 12 bucks. I mean, that's a pretty controversial pick in the room too, but it was just you and I going for him. Mm. Um, but I, I, I wish I had bid you up more, to be honest. And I, I, I will learn my lesson for next season because I'm I'm not quite as in on Marquez as you are, but I'm pretty close. Clay, I I didn't even realize that till just now, but yeah, your uh, your staff in this league looks a lot like my my main event staff from last night with with Snell, Barrios, and Erod. Oh yeah, you got. All- Wait, Adav- do you get Marquez too? No, no, but I got those three. I got Adavino. Um, you get Hicks? No. no, but I mean that. Yeah, Snell for twenty four does does really sort of stand out among those those top tier pitchers. Yeah, as well as Kepler. I mean, going in the hitting side, Kepler for six bucks, Robles for twelve bucks. It's it's pretty embarrassing at that mm. point. Unfortunately, I had already bought all of my outfielders, so I couldn't fight you on them. But I'm big on both of those guys coming into the season. I wonder how much I could have got Marquez for if it weren't for you. I mean, you might have got everybody else like, was backed out by like seven or eight bucks. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And and I was like, oh, it's my boy Clay. And I looked at him and was like, all right, I'm going to let you have Marquez because it's just me and you. It's not going to price and force you. And it'll come back the other way. And then like three picks later is when David Price went up. I get to David Price and it's just me and I think it was Ralph going after Price. And I had him for eight bucks. And it's going once, going twice, suh, and then Clay just in his little accent goes, nine, I'll do nine. And I just I'll looked at that. him. I, I looked at him. I was like, what did you just do? And it like took me out of my game so much that I just – I was like, I, I'm out. I guess I'm out. And then he got him for nine bucks. So uh, so that was, that's that's a story from this one. Yeah, I mean, I did kind of snake you on that one. I mean, I <laughs> I just didn't feel like David Price should be going for eight. I I get that he's got the elbow issue kind of in the background that you're always thinking about, but look, great team. The context couldn't really be much better. So uh, I look at price and I mean, I've been in on price for a long time, so uh, sorry to do it, Ian, but I I had to, um, at first base, you got Eric Hosmer for four. Um, I was happy that you filled your corner spot to end the util. So you could not push me on Luke Voigt. Do you like Hosmer more than Voigt for, 
for 2019 or is it uh, pretty close? It, it's not close. I, I mean, I think I offered you Hosmer for Voight in the room um, <laughs> immediately. Yeah. I, and then I think I offered it to you a few days later. I was like, how about Hosmer and Bird for, for Voight? And you're like, or he's like, well, no, no, no. I think I, I offered you Hosmer for Voight thinking, all right, well, then you could just have the, the, the safety of you got your first baseman and you don't have to worry about whether Voight's going to keep the job. And you're like, nah, I'm good. I think I'm going to stick with Voight. Um, no, it's not really close for me. I, but I, I'm, I think I've uh, been riding this Luke Voight train for a while now. Um, and I, I think he's got a special, special year ahead. Well, I mean, I think Vo- Hosmer is undervalued. And Agreed. I mean, I could totally see him having a much better year. And it's just an issue of the, the power being underwhelming. He's going to be betting second in that stacked lineup. How do you feel about that, James? Uh, Hosmer versus Voigt for this year. Well, I'm. I mean, it's. I think it's three out of three here. Uh, Voigt over Hosmer. I mean, I. I might have more Voigt shares than any other player for really? on my rosters right now, mm-hmm. and it's. So I, I've really got a lot invested in him panning out. Uh, but I think he. I think he should, and it's not like he was that expensive anywhere. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's. To me, Voigt is right in that sort of Jesus Aguilar kind of tier of, of first baseman, Matt Olson, before he got hurt. I think he's right there with those guys, and you can get him like 100 picks, 80 picks later. Yeah, I hope I hope he's as good as Aguilar this year. That'd be pretty nice. Uh, a real quick word, though, from one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, then you need to be playing best ball on Draft. Here's how it works. It's season-long with no management. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every week guaranteed. Leagues start every minute, so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Drafts start from just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Download the app right now to search Draft in your app store or play from your computer on Draft.com. This year, they're running a $100,000 best ball championship. Draft the best team, and you could win a piece of $100,000 in grand prizes. It's that easy. All new players get a free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit and use promo code ROTOWIRE. Just search draft in the App Store or go to draft.com and come play for free with promo code ROTOWIRE. James, you mentioned your main event draft last night. Um, a second entry into Maine, I believe. How did it turn out overall? Uh, it was, you know, it really, it really couldn't have gone uh, much better uh, for Todd Whitestone and I, who's uh, my my co-owner in that league. Todd was uh, gracious enough to invite me to, to co-own that squad, so uh, really appreciate appreciate that. Um, you know, we we got JD Martinez in the first round at pick eight. Blake Snell was the last of the aces we liked in the second round so we were we were fortunate to get him and then Whit Merrifield coming back to us I think at pick 38 was just the the biggest break that we could have gotten there because it just completely opened things up for us to kind of go after uh best hitter available I didn't know you were a Whit guy actually I know you and Ian traded for him but I didn't really know that you specifically were a Whit Merrifield guy yeah, I mean, I, I I sort of thought that he would creep up into like an ADP like around twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, something like that around this this point in the calendar, just with speed getting pushed up. And 
I yeah, I just don't really understand why a guy like that's available in the third round when you can't really find flaws in the profile. Like I don't I don't know. Like if if someone was to say like I'm not a Whit Merrifield fan, like what would what would even be the case for that? Yeah, that's true. I mean, he won't hurt your average. Right. That's, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, that was mean. I shouldn't have done that. But no, it, he's obviously a huge boost there in batting average and going to swipe a ton of bags. Yeah, I just haven't ended up with him myself. Um, but, yeah, may may grow to really regret not having any Whit Merrifield in the profile this year. Uh, Ian, by the way, r- real quick, back to Luke Voigt. Where does he bat in the order tomorrow? Is it cleanup, fifth? He could. I mean, fourth, fifth. I'm telling you, I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and hear Clay Link say, uh, Luke Boyd, $2, and me <laughs> being totally locked out on my boy Luke Boyd. Yeah, I didn't mean to play it that way, but it turned out to be played perfectly. Silence. Absolute silence. I'm looking around the room going, yeah, what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Nothing I tell you. Uh, you know, I remember when I was doing my first Dynasty Ranks over at Rotowire, and I had Luke Voigt over at 155, and I had a buddy of mine who I shared them with, and he went, are you crazy? What are you doing 155 on Luke Voigt? And I was like, all right, but that's where I have him, and I kind of went back and, and looked at it again, and I was like, there's nobody below him that I would take over Luke Voigt at 155, and then went back in when we just did the re-rankings. I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to moderate my Luke Voigt ranking and drop him a little bit, I guess. I ended up moving him up, I think, to 148. I just I can't I just can't stop. Luke is no fluke. So Ian, another guy that I think uh you've been kind of on for a while, uh, at least this offseason, and then I don't know if your confidence maybe waned a little bit, but I think, you know, hit, hit the way he finished spring, maybe you're you're kind of back there is is Williams a studio. Are you are you where you're where you were at like three months ago or whatever when we traded for him in RDI? Or is that where you're at right now, or are you lower or higher? Like where where do you stand on a studio right now? Uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of uh, he's 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 a funny guy, isn't he? I mean, he's he's just a tremendous amount of fun to watch play baseball. Um, I, I, he's the kind of guy that I think from a catcher's in a in a for a catcher like you got him last night in the main event as your catcher two. I mean, that's about as good a spot as you can put for a catcher, too, as far as I'm concerned. I think he's going to end up playing a tremendous amount. And he's going to hit He's going to hit for a really good average. I mean, maybe he only plays 110, 120 games over the course of the season. But for a, a catcher in a really deep league, I, I, I think he's a pretty valuable piece. Well, so that's that's the thing for me is just the, the playing time. Like, I, I really think he could – be anywhere from like 180 plate appearances to like 420 plate appearances and if you you know if you, if you only get 180 or 200 out of him you you maybe could have done better but it's not like he really hurt you and then if you get upwards of like 400 plate appearances out of him then he could finish as like the third ranked fantasy catcher this year i mean i think that that's the the uncertainty with the playing time but that floor, even if it, he hits kind of the low end of that mark, to me is is kind of the appeal there. Yeah, he just hits the ball hard all the time. Um, and I'm not one for showboaters. Like, that's never been my thing. Um, and But I couldn't stop watching his home run that he hit in the Dominican League um, this summer, uh, this winter, where he just showboated his way around. I was like, I love this kid. I, this, the, I, I just love him. 
I love watching him play, and I think he's he strikes me as a winning ball player. And I think the Twins are just gonna, you know, Miguel Sano's the third base, and he's not a third base. And Estadillo, I think, is going to end up getting more time than we feared. Let me ask you this though, James, because I'm legitimately curious where where else can he play on the field? Because DH is locked up by Nelson Cruz. Multiple catchers ahead of him. I mean, like, where else can he legitimately play and be, like, passable on the diamond? Well, let's see. I mean, where did they play him last year? They played him at third base, catcher. Uh, let me see. Are those the only two paths? He's also um, got – Because they got Marwin. They played, him at, they played him one game at second base, one game in left field, uh, six games at third base, 16 games at catcher. Uh, hmm. I mean – I've never been a Marwin Gonzalez fan, so like, I didn't think I was surprised he got what he got from the Twins. But the fact that he's on the roster and they're paying him probably means that he that he will get, you know, at least three hundred plate appearances this year. But uh, you know, the fact that they were hitting him, I think they hit him second in the lineup the other day in front of Nelson Cruz. Like that's interesting, and I think the. The absence of Sano early on kind of gives him an opportunity to uh, just hit enough that they don't really see any reason to take him out of the lineup. I guess that's that's kind of the hope. I mean, I, like I said, I, I see a chance for him to have fewer than 200 plate appearances, so it's not like I'm saying he's definitely going to play yeah, a ton. Yeah. Um, but they just – they I don't think many teams would have broke camp with him on the 25-man roster, and the fact that the Twins did – Suggest to me that they they do plan on playing him. Yeah, that's a good sign. And you know, Nelson Cruz. Who knows? I mean, you're durable until you're not. Who knows? You never know. But uh, Ian, a guy you got kind of just I think as one of your last buys to fill out your pitching staff was Hyunjin Ryu. I saw you just made a trade for him in, in a, a staff keeper league. Um, I obviously there's the workload concerns, but are you pretty confident that Ryu? will be able to perform at a level similar to what he did last year. I mean, the thing about Ryu is when he's healthy, he's excellent. So, I mean, he had 82 innings last year, 82 and a third. To, he pitched to a 1.970 RA with a 1.008 whip. So let's say he only gives us 130 innings this year. Those 130 innings should be quite excellent. Um, I, I always come from the Tim McLeod school um, of you know the Far East pitchers. And when they put it together, they can be because I mean I'm I'm on the team. I've got Darvish on this team. Um, I've got uh, Ryu, and I've got Tanaka. Um, so I, I've always I've always done pretty well from with guys from Japan or from from Korea. I just think if they're the the by far the best pitcher in their country, and they come over to America, that they're going to be showing something that. American players aren't used to seeing, and and that's what I see with with Ryu, and I, I I'm I'm really I'm always high on him, uh, and I'm certainly high on him this year. So I want to just ask both of you guys, uh, you know, I, I don't want to ask like who you think had the worst auction. Uh, maybe we could talk about that offline, but uh, who who besides the two of you do you think uh, put together the the best roster in this league and and the a roster that you're going to be kind of looking over your shoulder at all season. Huh, that's a good question. You know, I don't really know the guy, but AJ Mass, um, he was the guy who got Vlad. And that was kind of a tough pill to swallow for 16. Should have kept going on that. But I also liked Ralph Lifshitz. We talked with him um, 
on the XM show last week, and I really do like what he did. A lot of young players, maybe some guys who won't be there when playoffs playoff time rolls around, but um, he should cruise into the postseason pretty easily. What do you think, yeah. Ian? I, I agree. I agree on both of those fronts. I like Ralph's team a lot, um, and I like AJ's team a lot. Ryan Bloomfield, you know, Ryan's a Ryan's a smart dude, and he's got some he's got some really nice buys in here on the uh, on the hitting side. There were a number of times I was like, "Damn, he got him for that." That's a pretty good price. Um, you know, I I really do like Michael Brantley for nine dollars. I know that people aren't. You know, it's like ah, Brantley's boring. But in this format, he's not going to strike out much. He's going to walk a lot. I like that lineup that he's in. I also like what Andrea Lamont did a lot. Um, she really put together uh, a an interesting team that I like. I'll tell a funny Lenny Melnick story, who's Andrea Lamont's um, husband. So before, right before the auction, he comes over to AJ Mass and I, and we're sitting there at Sirius. We're the first ones there, and he's like, "Oh, my wife, she just won't stop talking about Trevor Bauer." Geez, it's all about Trevor Bauer in my house. And so AJ and I are looking at each other, and he's like, she just won't stop. So he walks away, and AJ looks at me and goes, you think that's for real? I said, I think it's kind of for real. And he said, why would he tell us that? I said, I don't know, but it looks like we'll have to you know, bid up Trevor Bauer a little bit. And so AJ's like, I, I, don't, I don't think it's true. I said, this is what I'll do. I'm going to throw out Trevor Bauer. And as soon as I throw out Trevor Bauer, I will read her body language, and that will tell me everything I need to know. And it was quite clearly her boy because she was a boom, 24, 26, 28. And I actually think she ended up getting a really good deal there for Bauer because I, I like Bauer a lot this year. I like Bauer for the last couple of years, but adding that change up is going to be uh, pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, I know she was all over Bauer because she took him in mixed labor in the second round. So she's you know firmly planted that flag. And I get it. I, I get it. Uh, but look, I – Look at him and don't see the the talent level. He works as hard as anybody, and the engineering of his pitches. You know, he's kind of on the forefront of that, adding new stuff every off season. It seems like I just don't think he's physically as skilled as everybody else in that range. So I haven't been paying for Bauer. What's your your stance on Bauer this season, James? Uh, I think he definitely belongs in that that ace talk. Uh, I have him like after Snell and after Nola, uh, but I think he's he's pretty even with Kluber, um, pretty even with Carrasco. And I think like all three of those Indians pitchers, I think you could kind of flip a coin. Nice. Well, um, running out of you know topics to discuss in the tout side, but um, Franmil Reyes to Lamont for six, I thought was a great buy. Any other buys that really jumped out to you that weren't uh, players purchased by one of us that were excellent values? Ian? <laughs> I, I'm with friend. I'm with you on friend Mel Reyes. In fact, I tried to go get friend Mel Reyes today from Don McKechnie. Uh, we ended up making a different trade because he wouldn't trade me friend Mel Reyes because I really, really, really like friend Mel Reyes a lot. Um, I was a little frustrated with myself that Joe Pisapia got Otani in the um, reserve round. Because I was like, and and that team actually with Eloy for seven bucks and Pete Alonso for two bucks, um, with Bregman for thirty seven, uh, Nola for twenty seven and Cole for thirty, uh, Flaherty for sixteen, which I like an awful lot. Um, I actually think Joe Pisapia's team, which at first I remember thinking, gosh, I want to play him early in the season before all these guys come up. Well, now they're all up, so I think he's going to be a force to reckon with. 
Yeah, I thought he did a good job. A real quick note from our other sponsor on it. If you're like me, you wake up in the morning with brain fog, feeling lazy and confused. That's legit. Uh, your job requires you to be on top of everything, but your mind often slows down. Your attention drifts away and your memory fails. That especially happens. Coffee and prescription meds have failed you, leaving you with jitters and a lack of sleep. Worst of all, it keeps happening when you need to be on top of your game. Lucky for you, on it may have the answer. With a team of scientists and researchers, on it took the best earth-grown botanicals and created a one-of-a-kind cognitive enhancer called Alpha Brain. Could be the solution you have been looking for. Alpha Brain works. It has been clinically studied to help healthy individuals support memory, uh, focus, and processing speeds, and is made from normal ingredients found in nature. For a limited time, Onnit is giving you the chance to try Alpha Brain for free. Just pay shipping. If you are not satisfied, you can keep the bottle, and Onnit will give you a full refund. You don't even have to call. No hoops, no catch, nothing. It's as easy as it possibly can be, entirely risk-free, with a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to onnit.com, that's O-N-N-I-T dot com slash rotowire, and try it today. James, we are less than 24 hours away from real games getting started again, uh, the, the real opening day. Anything you're looking for in particular, any job battles that are still unsettled, things that you're especially keeping an eye out for? Uh, well, after last night, I would really like Josh Hader to kind of run away with that, that job. I mean, obviously there, there's, there's no chance he gets over like 80, 85% of the saves for them. That's just not how Craig council is going to use that bullpen. But if he just gets like, you know, two thirds of the save chances, like I, once I projected him for 22 saves after that Knable injury, he became more valuable in my projections than Edwin Diaz. So hmm. all he really has to do is get into the into the twenties with saves and stay healthy and kind of be himself. And I think he's going to win a, people a lot of leagues. Interesting. Yeah, I ended up with my first share today in the the Series XM Hosts League. I was thrilled to get him. But who else maybe would be in the mix with Knebel and Jeffers Dow? Uh, Taylor Williams is the righty uh, that I think they're probably going to give a shot to early in the season he's uh you know he throws mid 90s with a fastball uh just based on their reliever usage towards the end of spring it, it sort of seems to be pointed in his direction but i just don't really think that that's a you know unless you're in a really really deep league i don't really think there's anything actionable there because you're gonna go weeks at a time probably without him getting a save assuming hater gets uh the bulk of the opportunities so Really interested to see how that shakes out. Uh, really interested, like all these teams with their young starting pitchers, like the Braves giving three spots to, to unproven guys, the Brewers giving three spots to relatively unproven guys, the Padres giving Matt, Matt Strom and Chris Paddock spots, and the Dodgers giving Julio Urias a spot. Really interested to see how those young pitchers perform early on. And, you know, if obviously the guys that have success, like people are going to hold them all season, the guys that, like, what if, you know, Brandon Woodruff goes out and gets rocked in his first two turns? Like, are people going to cut bait immediately? Are they going to be patient? Uh, really interested to see how those those young pitchers fare early on. Yeah, I'm hoping to just escape the day without any major injuries. This Francisco Lindor thing, ankle injury, ankle sprain has me tilting a little bit. Uh, but also, yeah, watching other back-end situations like in Boston, in Minnesota, I kind of like Brazier. 
And you never know. Maybe it's three lefties do up and Taylor Rogers gets the call. You know I'm pulling for that. <laughs> yeah. And then he just runs away with it. I, I do know you're pulling for that. And <laughs> I uh, finally got a Brazier share last night, so I'm, I'm pulling for that as well. Hey, I, you know, I Team heard Bernie Brazier. Pleskov, too, on XM saying that he thinks it's Brazier, too. So, I mean, that would be a crazy windfall. Ian, what are you looking for tomorrow? Anything in particular? Well, you know, I'm looking for Nico Goodrum to turn into a top 100 fantasy baseball player. Really? Um, yeah. Not I'm just because you have him and no, – Well, no, that's why I have him. <laughs> okay. um, that's why I have him everywhere and why I, I, I draft him everywhere. When I'm looking in the first couple of weeks, I think the first couple of weeks is an underrated time in all formats, especially in Dynasty Leagues, and we've talked about this before. Um, th- those first few weeks is, is prime trading time. Because you have teams that are going into the season and they're feeling good and then all of a sudden they lose a Scooter Jeanette or they lose a couple of other people and then all of a sudden they're ready to trade out and give you your whole team for for your prospects. So I'm always looking to see what teams are, are struggling. Um, but also I'm always looking for guys who are breaking out on the pitching side. Like James is saying, I end up spending a good amount of fab early on on pitchers that show – and just stashing them on my bench to see what's going to happen. I mean, I'm all about Pablo Lopez, man. I I, I think this kid is going to be pretty special this year. I don't know how many games he's going to win, but I think he's going to he's going to he almost looks dominant to me. Same with Paddock, obviously, but everyone's talking about Paddock. Uh, yeah. But I'm I'm really excited about I'm I'm pretty excited about that whole Marlins rotation. Yeah, Pablo Lopez sitting out there in the Tower Wars head-to-head. I have a bid in right now, and interested to see what that final price is. I because have said that, actually, now that I think about it. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> no, I'm sure you'd have been on it. But, uh, yeah, fab running tonight. I I got a few holes to address, and the Lindor thing hurts. But I did pick up you know, guys like Ben Zobris, those types that just plug in for now. But going from Lindor to Zobrist really is a bummer. James, you had your latest farm futures go up. Wanted to at least touch on that briefly. Uh, pitcher predictions, same deal as last week. We made twenty predictions for this time pitchers, and you have Forrest Whitley as a guy with a top fifteen xFIP among all pitchers with double digit starts. I mean, we all know you, you like Whitley, so that one's not a big surprise. Any of these that you went a especially out on a limb on that you're kind of um, on an island by yourself with the opinion. Uh, well, one that I think applies to people in all formats is that I think Bryce Wilson returns uh, more fantasy value this year than any other Braves starting pitcher. Uh, you know, that might even be still actionable for people where I think it, probably in some shallow leagues he might still be out there. Um, you know, I have a a really sad and dark and, uh, you know, prediction I'm not proud of at all, but I, I predicted uh, Sixto Sanchez and Hunter Green to both get Tommy John surgery this year. Um, so that that's that's on the darker side of things. Obviously, you know, I'm a Matt Manning guy, so I predicted that he's going to be uh, the game's top pitching prospect next year. Um, you know, I... I had a lot of I had a lot more success last year on the pitching predictions than the hitting predictions. Um, really, really nailed a good chunk of those. So this is probably a more useful piece than than the hitter one if that trend continues. So definitely uh, check it out if you haven't already. Yeah, I can't recommend that enough. Finally, Ian, um, you had the dynasty rankings update pretty recently. 
any big risers and fallers? I know you mentioned kind of Voight. You had to, um, you know, keep yourself from pushing him up too high. But any other notable risers or fallers? Well, I'm, Kershaw went down quite a bit, um, and based just based on long term value, um, he he dropped down. I think down to the 80s, if I'm if I'm correct. Um, I also dropped Severino down because once those those shoulders start barking. You really never know what's going to happen. It was I, I found, and obviously Chris Paddock, man. I mean, he just popped all the way up. I think I had him in the. He, he jumped up to somewhere in the early hundreds, um, all the way. I think he was in like the two fifties or two two sixties before. So that was certainly a, a a pretty big riser. I, I, you know, everyone talks about how spring training is sort of not very valuable, but um, I, to me, it is pretty valuable. Um, I, I'm getting to see Daz Cameron play as much as we did. Uh, is really informative and it's pretty exciting. Uh, so he he moved up quite a bit in the rankings as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So is it? I mean, if it's what you see with your eyes in the spring, not what yeah. the spring training stats page tells you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but also sometimes the the stat page does tell you something because Pablo Lopez's spring, you know, he just kept proving it every step of the way. So the eyes tell it, but the stats can also tell it a little bit too. When when it's when when the results are that extreme and that positive, um, I, I tend to really take notice of it. Interesting. Well, really great stuff, Ian. We appreciate you taking time out of your Wednesday to join us. Hope to do this again very soon. Just that, you know, worst of luck in uh, tout head to head, though. Thanks. Worst of luck in tout head to head. I really appreciate <laughs> thanks, it. Thanks, Ian. Ian. Thank you. Better guys. Bye. See ya. Well, that'll do it for us. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.